0: And ruin it for office because it's uh gonna be T. Could made. we have, should we have dealt
1: with the
2: oh,
1: no. And <laughs> I was reluctant because our purview usually isn't yeah, yeah, the inside. And that was that was where I drew the line. I mean I couldn't I couldn't cross over. So no,
0: no, into the city doesn't really look uh, inside. I thought it was wrong of the historic uh, kind of as not, I, not to acknowledge that it was significant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Alright, then oh my god, the whole parish After is here. After I might forget, so that's
2: what I'm telling you. I know. That's a
1: great crazy. I know. I can deal with the first one. we're balancing out. Well, I don't know about that. But. So how are you doing? You're starting thing. to recommend more things on Facebook, like Target's an article and stuff. Well
2: I was like so I was honestly, it's in a non-match yeah, I know. But as well, I have it's
1: a big too long as much. No, I mean, I I assume that's what you were doing. Would yeah. you welcome our new member? Yeah, I call cool. it. Oh. Good But do you really, I mean, I didn't see any big, I tried to drive into the place, there was one little road you could, no, for this project, one little road you could drive into with mud holes as deep. I got up to the building, and I said, yeah, it's a building. (laughs) I can't see it, it's a building. (laughs) Okay. Well, greetings, you people. I'm a non-believer. Help. It's okay. In both places.
2: Yes. Hi. Welcome to the um, Petaluma Planning Commission meeting for Tuesday, January 8th. And we'll start with a roll call. <laughs> Elias.
3: Here.
4: Aries. Present. Johnson. Here. Miller. Here.
2: Pierre.
5: Here. And Wolpert.
0: Here.
2: Um, I just noticed there's
5: no Abercrombie. Oh. She you? No and Abercrombie, I apologize, present,
6: Let's backwards, <laughs> Pig Latin tonight, yeah. um,
2: did you, do, we don't have an item for um, swearing in, do we, do, do we not do that for the new commissioner, it's not, is it? Uh,
5: we typically don't do that with council member liaisons, because they've already been sworn in at the okay. council meeting, okay. so well more then, than a welcome.
2: Welcome to the commission, and I guess that's it for that, so um, item number two, approval of minutes from our last meeting. Um, Like everybody but dennis can vote or and kathy um excuse me commissioner (laughs) council member miller sorry about that um okay so i have a motion to approve those minutes so moved second second um all in favor aye aye Aye. opposed abstain okay okay (laughs) item number three public comment this is for um public comment for items that are not on the agenda tonight so if there's anybody here that is um, here to speak about something not related to the 360 church. Um, you may fill out a speaker card or make yourself known. Okay, seeing none, we'll close public comment. And moving on to correspondence. No correspondence. Okay, and planning manager report.
5: Uh, I just want to welcome Council Member Miller. Um, to the Planning Commission. Also, let everybody know that we have a new planner who started this week, Ellen Hill, so feel free to come by and introduce yourself and say hello. She's going to be our new um, counter
2: planner. And that's all I have. Okay, Commissioner and Liaison reports.
7: We will start with the Tree Committee.
3: Nothing to report at this time.
7: Feedback? Um, Most recently at our PBAC meeting, we just discussed our infrastructure prioritization. So once again, I'd ask if anybody sees any kind of problems with the roadways that are complicating your biking or pedestrian (laughs) needs, to please contact the city or me, and I'll pass that on to PBAC. Um, They really like feedback, so that'd be nice. Um, So we've been working on that list where every meeting we kind of prioritize where we'd like to see infrastructure take place next um, and they're also in the works um, for a kids grand fondo in our area around May 15th that would involve um, cancer awareness and the PTA so uh, kind of different but together and so that could be a lot of fun so look for that and um, we also got word that possibly the next thing we'll be seeing at PBAC is Riverfront um, with Basin Street and so I just wanted to give you a heads up that that might be hitting us first and so hey, okay.
2: thank you Thank you. Um, is there anything update for SMART? Uh,
0: no, I'm still waiting for a response from Scott dyden
2: OK. Still
0: coordinating the uh,
8: public input.
2: OK. OK, and from the council? Well, I've only
8: attended one council meeting. Um, <laughs> but So last night was the first council meeting that I attended, and um, I was sworn in along with Gabe Kearney and Mike Healy. Um, we did council appointments, and I was obviously appointed uh, as the Council Liaison to the Planning Commission. Um, I will also be doing the Pedestrian uh, Bicycle Advisory Committee. Um, And last night we passed the anti-smoking ordinance and also approved the garbage franchise extension. And that's it.
2: Okay, great. Thank you. Is there anything else from any of the commissioners? Okay, um, we'll move on to the public hearing. Um, This is for the um, 360 church located at 879 and 901 Lindbergh Lane, the current North Bay construction site. Um, And I'll open up for staff report. Thank you.
6: Good evening, Planning Commissioners. It is the 360 Church of Petaluma for site plan and architectural review at 879 and 901 Lindbergh Lane. The location is here in red. It's the two parcels. We have lace house linens um, just toward the freeway. We're calling that east. And the fairgrounds to the north along with the Gustafsson residential property. And then to the south, um, another residential property. And across Limburg there's um, um, uses like the uh, dog boarding. And then toward Payran, we have Toby's Trucking and what is now Aztrack Construction. It's um, excavation construction. Obviously, that's happening off-site. And then the former North Bay construction parcel. Tiffany? Yes?
1: Could you point out which part is the part that Morgan Financial, is that the gray area on the, by the fairgrounds? or uh,
6: Morgan Financial.
1: It's the remaining parcel, it's located on Payran actually.
6: The former North Bay construction parcel? Yeah. S- okay, so that's the, the parcel labeled former North Bay construction.
1: Oh, okay, I see, thanks.
6: So the 879 Limburg contains the 22,000 square foot metal building constructed in 2004 for North Bay construction. And the 109 Limburg, which is the one closer to 101, is a gravel lot which was constructed to park North Bay construction equipment. You can see some of their tractors stored there. So the applicant is requesting SPAR approval for modifications to the site and to the existing building to accommodate relocation of the 360 church. The proposed renovation includes creating a sense of entry at the front elevation. So this is the Lindbergh facing elevation, which wasn't designed particularly with a, a frontage appearance. The staircase goes upstairs to upstairs office. And so the design includes this um red burgundy red addition to add symmetry and it screens that stair that stays and new windows framing that and then the entry to the lower level improvement and on each side there also are um, entry doors added this photo really isn't showing up but so we have the existing roll-up door. You can see the two existing windows that are still showing up here. And then basically this whole area has been redesigned into uh, an entry feature. So those are two of the main renovations proposed for the building. And then with the site plan we have the two parking areas. So there's this front one between Lindbergh and the building which will be paved and is 51 spaces it also has uh, bioretention swales here to mitigate the runoff from the additional impervious surface and then the large parking lot here which is an overflow parking lot reusing the gravel that was laid down by North Bay construction and then here on the south are some um, outdoor and gathering areas. So the zoning is industrial which allows for clubs, lodges, and private meeting halls as permitted uses and religious facilities with a conditional use. Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act says that a local jurisdiction may not impose or implement a land use regulation in a manner that treats religious assembly or institution on less than equal terms with a non-religious assembly or institution. So a CUP cannot be required for a religious facility that is similar to a club, lodge, or meeting hall. By processing the project as a permitted use, the city is complying with the federal law. So the project proposes 199 parking spaces at project completion which satisfies the zoning ordinance requirement for one on-site parking space for every four seats in in a religious facility and one space for every 300 square feet of accessory area operated during church service. So the proposed parking accommodates a maximum occupancy of 784 sanctuary seats. So 51 parking spaces in the main asphalt lot to accommodate the gatherings that occurred during the week in the building with the landscaping and the bioretention swales and then 148 spaces in the 2.87 acre gravel overflow lot to accommodate parking for large the church services themselves and for special events. So the gravel lot um, is permeable and is appropriate for the the lower use that will occur there in the overflow nature. The spaces there are wider than standard at nine and a half feet wide. The spaces will be marked by both landscaping and an eight-foot timber set at the top of each space. And there's a condition to spray to control dust during the dry season. So while the church is growing Uh, they have proposed to phase the project so the phase one plan proposes construction of the first 144 parking spaces to accommodate up to 156 seats so it's construction of the total project with the exception of the parking spaces above this orange line so this is um, lace house linens here so it doesn't, it wouldn't construct just these spaces most to the east. So again, clubs, lodges, and private meeting halls and religious facilities are permitted uses. (coughs) The adaptability of the existing metal building is maintained. Conversion back to an industrial use would be possible if the church were to move on at some point. The project conforms with the IZO, the zoning ordinance. Parking is provided in compliance with the zoning ordinance. Existing and proposed structures comply with setbacks and height requirements. Any issue with summertime dust would be controlled with a non-toxic dust suppressant spray as specified in draft condition 10. Use of the existing gravel lot with improvements is appropriate because the zoning and area is industrial in nature because the gravel lot has historically been used here, because the general plan encourages use of pervious parking surfaces, and because the lot would be unused much of the week. The project has been reviewed in compliance with CEQA guidelines and is categorically exempt. The outdoor amenities are ancillary to the main church use and their scheduled use will be prohibited during business hours typical of industrial users. Public comment was published in the Argus Courier and mailed to all property owners and tenants within a 500 foot radius of the site. We did not receive any letters. Staff recommends that the Planning Commission conduct the required public hearing and adopt a resolution approving site plan and architectural review for modifications to the site and existing building located at 879 and 901 Limburg Lane to accomplish, to accommodate relocation of the 360 Church of Petaluma, subject to the findings and conditions of approval in the staff report. I did want to um, remind you at your places there, there's a short memo with revised language to condition 22. Just uh, further clarification doesn't... um, change anything that's happened we just wanted to be extra tight there with the language and I'd be glad to answer any questions that you might have of staff and then I will turn it over to the applicant um, Pastor Colton Irving will begin the staff of the applicant presentation okay questions for staff Commissioner Wolpert <clears throat>
0: uh, do you happen to know where the nearest bus stop is is it convenient to take a bus
2: it will be at Regency right yeah or in front in front
1: of Regency probably they'd have to go all through the fairgrounds I
6: one. don't there's the bus at the library yeah, yeah.
0: okay so I, that, think, I think I think there's a, a
8: bus at the at that gets that shopping center where the Luckies is and then there's also a bus by the library
0: okay yeah. thank you
2: any other questions for staff? Okay. okay, ready for
6: applicant.
9: If I start sweating, it's because I have a temperature of about 103 right now, I should be in bed, but so uh, <laughs> I'm i not sweating because I'm nervous. Just <laughs> not feeling too good tonight. Every but that way. Uh, yes. happy new year to you guys and um, thank you for uh, allowing us to come before you tonight. Just uh, the background of it is that we're, we're up at Valley Vista School there doing church there for the last couple of years. And the neighbors began to uh, talk to me about uh, the car parking and what was going on there. And um, just being a Petaluma and whatnot, I understand that and get what they were saying. So I started to look around um, at possible buildings. But as you can see, there's nothing zoned church um in the whole general plan there's no section that will say a permitted use for a church so it always leaves us and i've done this before this isn't my first time around with schools and churches and so forth so i just kind of really tried to look uh what was feasible for us uh financially and would fit our vision and and while doing that um we come to notice the north bay construction building which we were just looking to lease the building that's before you tonight that one right there Um, and then it worked out that we were able to buy it and purchase it Um, and then um, meeting with Heather several times about the CUP and different things and uh, along the way and just trying to figure out what that would be like then we came to know of the land use difference so you know, we think it's the right place uh, for us in terms of community outreach and what we do. We feed a lot of homeless. We do a lot of grief counseling. We, I do pretty big funerals. I did the murder-suicide funeral for Kim Bakum, uh, and you know, it, we in one sense of the word, I would say that there's nowhere in this city that seats over four or five hundred people in one seating, without being against the fire code. So you have a big funeral or memorial like you have for this young girl this weekend, Alyssa Byrne and it's being hosted at Casa Grande uh, which can kind of make it cold and stark a little bit for what is a memorial so in one sense of the word um, in one sense of this whole project we're not excited to have that opportunity for people but it is there we do weddings funerals those kinds of things play in and so in taking that all in We've spent a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to make this building fit the industrial area, working with Dan Labarro, who's right here, Dan, the neighbor uh, of us, working with the neighbors, trying to figure out uh, what would be the best tree landscape to it, how the trees would flow. It wouldn't be uh, a typical parking lot of... a. Uh, regular commercial building or something like that. It'd have more appeal to it. We had to change this side of the building to represent the front, which it was never designed that way, and so we've left some trees out to show that as you come by. And we're trying to be a blessing to the community. I mean, I'm not out there trying to put a 40-foot cross on the side of the building and trying to get that past you here. I'm trying to do it as just, just come in there. We want to be noticed, yes. Obviously, we're a church, but we're also trying to just be a uh, and a soft appeal to the eye going by, not like, whoa, what was that, or something to our building there. Um, we have a great group of people here tonight. These people here, I believe, are in support of me. And um, Bill, hello, Bill. I didn't even get a chance to say hi to Bill. Um, hello, Bill. Um, But we've worked really hard. I don't want you to think for one second that we have spared one penny to get here before you tonight on consultants and thinking through it and the process and that design that we put forth we believe best hides the kids when they do play on Sunday morning where no one's bothered by them uh, as well as the way the front, uh, the enter it from the side of the building once you pull in the big parking light coming through the side um so we put a lot of thought into it uh, a lot of planning and um, a lot of late nights and whatnot and so um and tonight i'll just uh, introduce here we have steve lefranchi he's here to uh, discuss with you any part of the civil part of it uh, as well as steve on raceville who's been our architect and he's been awesome and he'll come up and share with you guys as well as stephanie mcallister who's uh, been our landscape architect so we've met you know countless times and we believe we have a good plan before you but at the end of the day this is good for our community this is a good thing for the city of petaluma and uh, i've been here my whole life and uh, we continue to support and help we give a lot of money to the things that go on here just so you know a little bit about our church we're very involved in uh, both tragedies that happen in this community and as well as uh, just feeding people homeless giving to the boys and girls club helping out so we're a very community active church and uh, we're excited to move forward from here tonight so Kind of the overview of 360. Good enough? Are there
2: any questions for the applicant regarding the project? Yeah, I have a couple of questions. First of of all, Commissioner Johnson
1: commendation to you for all you've done and Mrs. Benson and you know John Barella and the whole gang that have pushed this thing along. I think it's amazing. I really do. Yeah. I'm glad to see Dan here because that was one question I did have right. since we got this rather mild letter from Jeffrey Ellis saying mm-hmm. you know we're interested in the small piece at that end. Yeah. Have you, you guys reached an agreement or who's going to do it? or?
9: Well we've designed it as if we have an agreement so I hope we come to one. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, Yeah, and yeah. Okay. We're very close. We've been. We're going forward. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Well, there you. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. We just that design you'll see in the parking lot. It it plans to have that all go through just as planned. So.
1: Thank you, and again, thank you for what you've done. Thank
9: you, guys.
2: Yeah. Any other questions, Commissioner Elias?
3: Could um, Could you speak to when that's going to close? You you said you're in contract in the um, report here. On their part, of no.
9: that I would, I mean, I would think over the next two or three months it would happen, um, which we're trying to.
3: You're in escrow now.
9: No, but we're very much discussing the, the terms and whatnot. So,
2: is there some confusion here? Are you talking about the um, the release of the portion of the parcel to Well, there was the a property? reference. There
3: was a reference to um, another party in being it? interested in that parcel. Right. Okay. And, and right. it's said in the report that. They're in contract. Mm.
9: Well, no, we're not, but we no, plan they, to be. They don't apply that. Yeah. Okay.
3: No. But and that's also
9: also why we put um, phase two of the parking lot there, where we say phase two. Phase two is right against where they would pick up that strip of land. Mm-hmm. So it kind of leaves us um, mm-hmm. when we come back around to put in phase two after their part is done. So there's planning behind it.
3: Regarding the, um, am I on? Regarding the activities you mentioned the um, funerals and mm-hmm. weddings and that kind of thing, are there any other kinds of events you're planning on doing there, and will there be will they be outside, and will there be external speakers? no any nothing. outside music intended there?
9: No, nothing planned uh, for that. Um, everything's pretty much indoors and you know funerals could be a Saturday at twelve o'clock that's, you know that's kind of the traditional times Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon or Friday afternoon possibly, mm-hmm. um, but no there's nothing else planned for exterior use at all
0: mm-hmm. okay
9: yeah
2: okay. other questions mm-hmm. Commissioner Harris
4: <coughs> from reading it appears that the um, the lands of the Gustafs Gustafson yeah I they, know they, I've seen that they they've, they've seem to be on board, and that's fine. I was uh, wanted yeah, to know a little more about the Chicano family the lands or have you had discussions with them are they aware of what you hope to grow to and
9: I just uh, I there's a family renting that facility now in the front so the owner doesn't live there Uh, John Barella gave me her phone number I called her five months ago and um, I guess she grew up in that house and she owns it she lives in Roanoke Park now and she said that um, one day if they decided to sell it they would talk to us or I guess John always had a right of first refusal on it. So it kind of just, she's asking me if we ever were interested. She'd keep my number and she'd just call. So they're all fine. I mean, I guess her as an owner, she was excited about it. i do not not sure about the tenant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then Connie, just to speak to that, we've worked with him, Gufsis Property in the back. Um, that easement runs right through the center and we've worked it out to move him over. Um, And work that so he can get to his property another way so um,
4: and then my other question is in terms of um, uh, services um, I don't recall off the top of my head what the hours are but it was something like 10 to 6 on Sundays there could be all-day events was that correct
9: yeah I think it's just um, and are people
4: coming and going during no, that time frame or
9: No, not really. I wouldn't just there would be like a ten o'clock service and then they'd come back that night at five for a five o'clock service if they did, even if we if we were that big. But
4: And yeah. then your special so. events are generally the same? It would be you they'd come, have the event, and then people would depart.
9: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. I don't suspect any coming and going or in and out of there and all that. So
2: Thank you. You're welcome. The other oh Commissioner Wolpert.
9: <coughs> yes. Bill.
0: <laughs> Colton, re- Colton reminds me that I probably need to disclose that he and I have worked together. Yes, we have. Um, it was uh, a couple years ago I was involved with um, LabCon, yeah. of which um, okay. rent space to Harvest Christian School. So uh, most of my work was with LabCon, but there was some work specific to Harvest Christian School that I contracted directly with, That's right. with them for. And I think everything turned out pretty well. Very well. There you go. Um I do have a, a question. When I was uh there visiting the site mm-hmm. um I found that you, you have offices on Payran mm-hmm. on what was labeled as the former uh North Bay construction site. Yeah. So are are those uh temporary offices will you vacate that building when your new building um is completed?
9: Yeah the two sp- Two or three staff members that you saw in there will move to the other end and work out of the church side of the building. Um, and then we haven't exactly – that's been like the last thing our, on our mind. I'm using a temporary office myself personally in there uh, right now just to figure out where we're headed with that front building. Um, not exactly sure what the front building will become on the front. We haven't.
0: Okay. So you have a long-term lease on
9: it now? Yeah. or exactly. Okay. So we're just kind of seeing, uh, we know there, um, we have a, um, believe we're going to grow, and there's some support services that go with churches that would fall under a permitted use in that section. So um, there's a chance that then we would operate the offices, mm-hmm. the support services to the industrial use in that okay. area. So
0: So then conceivably it could be... Uh, a campus like setting that would take up three parcels
9: um yeah I mean it could be Okay. yeah I'm hoping to keep it more separated than that it's a little crazy in there right now (laughs) all right everyone's just going from one end to the other so we're hoping the trees uh, separate the properties and that way if things didn't you know however we could kind of separate from the other property altogether if we had to okay thank you yeah
2: are you referring to the one labeled former North Bay construction that faces Payran?
9: Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly.
2: And you're currently occupying that long building? The, well, we, that's right on the face of Payran. Right? 360
9: has a 12-year lease on the whole front on 431. Okay. We have the right to choose what we want to basically do with it. But we're not looking to make it the 360 corporate center or okay. whatever we're trying to figure out within the code what the uses are what's a permitted use what's not what we can do um, and so uh, if people get really confused because obviously you guys probably read the article in the Argus Courier it says we basically have nine acres I'm doing a preschool and this school and that and, you know and, it wasn't all true for the record the whole article i don't believe everything Shocker. they say about you so i don't believe everything they said about me no but they um i know so i never said bravado you know those kinds of things <laughs> anyway um no so we're it's just really yeah we have the up. we have a master lease over but i would say that's more exciting and a good thing because we're a church i've got little kids around i can't you know it's nicer to not be completely squeezed in by a bunch of industrial uses, really. So we kind of secured that up more for safety than anything else. So,
2: Okay. Any other? Commissioner Elias?
3: Yeah, I wanted to ask again. Um, you mentioned uh, um, homeless, helping homeless in, yep. your, in your facilities. Sure. There, is there going to be um, residences? No. No, Are I'm you? just
9: talking about feeding them Thanksgiving Day. That so kind of thing. that kind yeah.
3: of, you know, once a year thing? Yeah. Yeah, um, it's not going to yeah, be no. weekly weekly meals kind no, of thing. No, it's not no, a, not definitely not. Okay. You have a kitchen and, in there? Is there a kitchen in there now? No, there, we it's got too
9: big into code issues. We just have a sink. It's a basic thing. There's no oven. Mm-hmm. There's no big uh, thing on the building plan on that side of it because of all the permit requirements <laughs> that you jump into. I see. So, yeah. but no, we're um, you know we we take. Like, for now, if you were at our church, you know, two months ago, you'd see 80 turkeys sitting out in the back. We'd load them in the trucks, and then we'd bring them to, you know, cots or wherever, Mary Isaac Center. And that's the kind of stuff I'm I'm more so talking about um, in that sense. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely not housing any of them, no.
2: Anything else before we have our public hearing? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Think. All right, at this point, we'll open it up for. Um, well, I guess if there's questions. Yeah,
9: did you guys have s- questions for um, architect Steve on Raceville or, or um, Mr. LaFranchi or Stephanie? No? I do. Okay,
2: let's... Sorry,
3: after, yeah, let's after
2: public comment. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to okay. consider that part of applica- applicants, actually, and have okay. those questions now. So, Commissioner Abercrombie?
7: Um, my only concern was I didn't see anything for any kind of signage, really, on the building, so I just wanted to know if there was any kind of plan in the works for that.
9: Yeah, so we, um, we haven't really figured that out. If anything, it would be something on maybe up there in that center of that point going up. It would just be an illuminated sign there. And then just the traditional signs that are on the um, street as you go down, you know, the ones sideways that say what's in each building. So, uh, and then I think there was one over the doorway, wasn't there? Um, I think on the sideways over the doorways, I think it does say 360 Church of Petaluma above the door. Um, if you look back at it.
7: OK, thank you, I appreciate yeah. it. I yeah. live just a few blocks away on Vallejo, and I was excited to hear about some diverse uses there yeah. no. with minimal impact. So thank All you.
9: Right. Yeah, no problem.
7: Any questions for the architect or civil
2: engineer or landscape architect?
0: Yes, I have some questions for OK. You. Mm-hmm.
2: Commissioner Wolpert for Mr. Le- oh, no, I- Steve, come on down. <laughs> Not Lefranky. Oh. oh, I thought you said the architect. <laughs> I know. That's Steve.
10: Um, you want me to just answer questions or talk very briefly to the design? I'll I'll do whatever the commission wishes. Uh,
0: I'd, I'd like to hear. Excuse me. Yeah. I'd li- I'd like to hear a brief uh, presentation on what your thoughts are.
10: Okay. Um, my name is Steve von Reisfeld with VRA Architects, the project architects, and. Um, when we were originally, I'll just very briefly address, because I think Tiffany covered most of it pretty well in the staff report, but when we were originally approached by Pilgrim 360 Church about this project, I thought, well, what can there be? It's already a building and a developed site. I mean, what are the design challenges? And then after kind of getting into the details and meeting with staff, we essentially div- um, identified four site, site or design challenges, if you want to call them. First was how do you um, how does one adaptively convert or reuse a heavy metal equipment maintenance building that was more for making tractors happy than people happy um, and turn it into a working church? Secondly, how do you take a building that, if any of you are familiar with North Bay's operations, was essentially in their backyard? It was the back building used for maintenance. You know, everybody entered North Bay off of rent, even though they had a secondary entrance off of Lindbergh. So, how do you take? a building that was a secondary maintenance function in the back of a operation and turn it into a, a church that fronts on Lindbergh Lane. The third challenge was kind of a follow-up on the second, which was is once you do that, how do you create a new front that not only rationalizes an existing building's architecture, but how the site is utilized um, as a church, not as an equipment maintenance building. And finally, we kind of debated in our office, what is the appropriate identity or aesthetic for this building in the context for what it is? And so identifying those four challenges, um, I was quite surprised. I thought the programmatic requirements internal to the building would be quite a challenge, but it actually laid out pretty well when we met with the church people and how it all works. And um, actually, Tiffany, could you go to the floor plan? I think it's A2.0. Yeah, that's that's the one. And essentially, as you can see, if you're familiar with the site, if you've been by there, um, well, this is actually the, yeah, this is it. Um, the back half of the building was for large heavy equipment, large bays. I mean, I'm talking large equipment like D9s and excavators. So we just opened up, they had some maintenance lube lube stuff and stuff. We basically turned that into the, the sanctuary and it actually worked out to have a pretty good nexus with the parking available and the size of the congregations they were visualizing. We took the two main doors that did align themselves and created a a lobby or an entry hall that separated the business support functions from on which would be on the right in this drawing from the congregation meeting hall on the left created a lobby and then Put all those kind of things like you know the the, the food, coffee donut kind of area, the the um, ministries for the youth, and the bathrooms. And there's some there's a little bit of room on the second floor that was converted to offices and other functions. So, like I originally started when I was meeting with Colton I said, you know, I, I don't know how this is going to work. I mean, yeah, I know what a church looks like, and and I know what a tractor equipment building looks like. But I was it actually worked out very well. So that kind of got us from moving to the first challenge, looking at a building from the inside out to the second challenge, which, which was quite a bit trickier because if any of you have been by the, um, the site, my first time by there with the church in my head was, oh man, this, this building that fronts on Lindbergh, the frontage elevation on Lindbergh Lane is not the front of a building. It's got an emergency exit stair and it's asymmetrical and it doesn't even address the street correctly and I thought well this is, this is going to be quite a challenge and uh, furthermore I had always looked at that place as something you entered from pay ran so essentially what we did is after looking at that whole thing and wrestling with this and what the building was which is a pre-engineered metal building we we came to the conclusion the design team came to a conclusion that there's, there's essentially the strategy we took was you know let's not delude ourselves into the fact that we're going to change this metal building from anything other than what it is because it would take way too much capital to do that and it secondly would probably run the risk of being kind of cheap or insincere let's focus our money on creating a taking a fairly starkly landscape landscape site and landscaping it because if you've all been there there's not much there in the way of landscaping and it's not very pedestrian friendly and then where people do enter the building or interface with the building let's let's focus our resources there so if you look at the building we've introduced from both the parking lot side and then going out to the to the uh, patio landscape area side we've introduced these these features um, which probably actually Tiffany are better seen on um, A3 I want to say <coughs> we've taken the high bay doors and we've essentially made them so they're no, no longer high bay doors they're they have a set of clear story windows. At the top half of the door, they have this three-dimensional kind of an awning element, which is actually, there's an image on the last sheet of your drawings that kind of shows what that awning would be like. Except that that image on the last sheet of your drawings is actually a metal, metal awning. So we actually provided the timber image on the last sheet. And we've created this kind of human scale, kind of softer wood type of a thing at those two places. And we've added windows there. And then across at the front of the building, we need that stair for secondary egress so we couldn't get rid of the stair we created and if you actually were to there is a perfect um image that tiffany had here about the the building before and after none of the windows on the second floor are, are symmetrical It just it's I, I can't i can't figure out why why it is what it is but it is so we said well, let's take the windows Let's introduce an element in the front that is symmetrical and kind of respectful of the, of the ridge of the building. And then let's introduce two new windows outboard of that. We'll screen the stairs. If you've been to the site, under the stairs is a large gas meter which isn't going anywhere and there's some equipment that we needed to screen. So we created this, this screen-like element which is, relates to the building but it's not the building. We're not trying to just say this is an add-on. So it's a different kind of an element. It's, it's a painted lattice wood structure that has a contrast element. And then finally, we've the, the business entrance, which is you see on that upper left-hand elevation, the right-hand side of it. We've taken it's a simple metal door, and we've added a glass door. And essentially, the the way you would come there Monday through Friday, because that's the that's the paved parking lot area, and created a pretty nice trellis structure that kind of wraps around the corner. You can see it both in the upper left elevation, and if the bottom elevation number four, you can see that trellis with the posts and everything wraps around the corner. And then the, the balance of our focus, and I'll have Stephanie speak to this, was let's create pedestrian spaces. Let's make it nice to walk to this building from the parking lot. Let's make it nice to walk to this building from the sidewalk. And let's, let's put some landscaping on this site, because it's pretty stark. So that, that's how we addressed the, um, the, the second and probably the hardest challenge. The third challenge was how do you, how do you make this parking lot now work from what it was. And if you've been there, it's got fences and it's pretty irrational. Most, most, if not all, the fences come down. I think the back one across the fairground stays and the one with lace house laundry. And let's use the driveways that make sense and let's create the business parking lot which is paved because it'll be used seven days a week. And let's create the separate parking lot for the worship services and satisfy the fire department's requirements because you'll notice if you went through your drawing set, there's a pretty elaborate bunch of emergency vehicle turning movement diagrams. And um, and we, I, I think it works out pretty well in the sense that you we now have a front identity. We have two parking lots with a large road. It's pretty rational. I don't think somebody visiting this church is going to get lost and wonder where to park. Um, and then the final challenge was that of what is the identity. And any of you have been to that this part of town, it's, it's an industrial district. It's got the fairgrounds. It's got Toby's trucking. It's got track, which used to be Reliable Crane, and I think you'd be you'd be hard pressed to find an aesthetic that made sense. And then there's all the inf- the old houses that have been spanned around. So we've, we we kind of re- you know wrestled this internally with our office. and Kind of the conclusion, you know, it's it's it, we wouldn't do this with a blank piece of paper, but it's not a bad building. It's a metal building. It's not that inappropriate. I mean, Lace House has a metal building. Theirs is a little more architecturally detailed, a little bit nicer, but it's a metal building. Toby's Trucking has metal buildings. Let's, let's just accept it for what it is. In the, in the zoning district it is, and just make the site as nice as possible. And I think that is probably appropriate. If this was in another part of town, we might have an entirely different approach. But that's kind of the way we've approached this. And unless you have any questions, that's kind of was our thinking. Yeah, Bill. You started
0: out by stating that this building was designed to make tractors comfortable, not people exactly and I'm still not clear on how did you address that issue how do you make this building that was designed with uh rolled up doors that aren't weather sealed it has minimal insulation it has translucent corrugated panels in the ceiling that probably have a R-value of one how do you make that building
10: comfortable for people well as part of the the building permit process for the tenant improvements since City of Pelham is a tier one green building code city. We're going to have to deal with all the assemblies, the HVAC requirements, the interior finishes. So, from the inside out, it's those are construction building code challenges. From the outside, what we've done is we've where the people enter the building, which is the two side doors one from the parking lot, one from the landscape area, and the business entrance on the um, we're calling that south, the south side of the building. We've introduced you know these timber trellis elements that are much more human scale. They're they're not they don't look like tractor doors. They have they have wood and and and, and siding, uh, kind of a re- reson decking. Um, and I, I'm not going to sit here and say that people aren't going to walk up to this building and say it had a previous life and it was something else. I'm just saying that where people enter the building is much more of a human scale and hopefully a little more intuitive than walking up to a high bay door. Which is why you have the clear story windows and the windows above that and the lights and that type of thing.
0: And I don't really have any issues with the aesthetics. I think you guys have done a pretty good job with what you've had to work with. But I'm, I, am, I am concerned on how this, um, how this functions as a church as opposed to a garage without, um, for instance, expending exorbitant amounts of energy cost.
10: you can come back up to the mic please. Well I mean you uh, you can go ahead and speak to it but I think the way I'd answer that Bill is is and I don't mean to oversimplify this uh, at least our office is viewing those as as issues that will be addressed in the building permit process because I think you're talking about building assemblies, lighting, HVAC equipment
0: Well but we're talking about a concept of converting a, a tractor warehouse to a church so it's the whole concept that I'm having an issue with. How do you make that work? I don't think you make it work. Um, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a crucial question that's tackled in the, in the concept on how you approach this, not, not a detail for the building department to look at.
10: It, this isn't the first metal building that's been, that has an office building inside of it. And so it's, you know, we're going to build interior partitions. There's going to be a there's going to be a wall on the inside. It's going to be an insulated assembly. I mean, the, the contractors here, if you want to talk about it, but that it's a you I mean there are lots of metal buildings that that function as office buildings. We're going to approach it the same way. I I, I think um, is that the question you're asking me.
0: Right, but a lot of the uh, offices wouldn't have roll-up doors into them. For instance, they're they're isolated within the building, or they have <laughs> sealed man
10: doors. Um, Many of the roll-up doors are going to be blanked off on the inside, except the, for except for one or two of them. I think they're you're going to use for for one of them.
9: Yeah, I mean,
10: are you adding a we? We actually looked at taking these doors and blanking them out and putting siding back on there, but you wind up with a large blank wall. At least it's an articulation. And that would it c- be
0: more of a cosmetic thing. I mean, how how, how does that make it more comfortable for people? Being well, if, if you
10: have an overhead coiling door on the outside and you build another wall inside of it, that's an insulated assembly. The door is no longer the
0: door. So that are you building... Uh, new walls on the inside of the in, exterior in,
10: walls? In a great many of the locations, yes. That's the plan. Creating a complete interior envelope within the shell of the building? In, in certain areas, we'll sheetrock the inside of the girts, ins- insulate the assembly from the metal panel, and sheetrock the inside of the girt. In certain areas, because you have the tapered vents and the steel frames, we have to build essentially a parallel partition on the inside of the building. Okay. That's, that's the strategy. I mean, do you want to add to that?
9: Yeah, I mean, um I mean, the big part of our budget is trying to work that inside. So PG&E just came out and just did a huge rebate, took down all the old light fixtures. I don't know if you saw that there's all new energy-efficient lights, so the, all the lights are done. Um, we just finished that. We, took, we just took down a bunch of cranes and a bunch of stuff. And so the plan is to sheetrock it 23 feet high all the way around the entire room. If we have enough money, we would change those skylights uh, out to real energy-efficient skylights. And then hardwood floor uh, this new floor that Cal Berkeley just put in um, it 's one of our uh, fundraisers to <laughs> get the money but it's a six it's when it's all said done, it's a seventy five thousand dollar hardwood floor um, that can be removed and put back it 's it's, it's most high tech floor pretty much available right now today, and that's what we're putting in putting in is that going right over the slab yeah, right over slab i 'm meeting the guy tomorrow to float where Brella John had the the um, steel tracks in there so we have to float that and um, and then um, putting in you know a hundred thousand dollar sound system you know so and the lighting on the walls will change that so it, it, it's it been challenging I've spent many nights there for the last three months just trying to figure that out so we've, we feel like we've got something we'll change that feel to uh, much more uh, with the hardwood floor the nice clean walls that go past and so forth that it'll feel much more um, like a church, I guess, as much as we can, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some budget issues there, you know. We, we don't have an unlimited amount of money by any means, but, you know, if I had my way, it would be every skylight would go out, you know, and a brand-new one would go in, you know, and do so, a real. So it's challenging, yes, but um, the building's built well, strong and whatnot, and, you know, it's steel, it's huge, uh, steel girders and whatnot to tie to. So um, one way that I believe... <coughs> I can't tell you how many people have told me, let's just open it like it is. Let's just open it like it is. Let's just leave it like it is. But I'm like you. I'm like, I don't want anybody coming in here and feel like they're in a warehouse industrial. So uh, one of the major portions of our money is going to that basketball floor and the walls around it and making it feel really nice. So.
0: Well, you have to realize that when you heat that place with a Twenty-five foot ceiling, or whatever it is, in there to, yeah. to the roof. Mm-hmm. That's where your heat's going to go.
9: No, I know. I've already addressed that too. I, you know, that's another hundred thousand dollars we have to spend. Um, we have the units plan there. We're just getting all the calcs now from a guy from Hayward, um, and so basically, we are going to run the pipe halfway up the wall. There's a little the silver air-conditioning pipe, which you see in most buildings, is going to run along the bottom and then come across the backside. So try to keep it low enough to push the heat down enough to keep people warm, but yet not completely go out the roof, you know, so, um, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, definitely.
10: I, I think I now understand your question. I'm sorry. Um, I think what you're asking is, is right now, under the California Building Code, it has an occupancy of warehouse industrial equipment maintenance. It's an unconditioned space. When it's converted to an assembly under the California Building Code, we will have to comply with not only Title 24, but the California Green Green Building Code, which says if you're going to condition this pace to whatever degrees Fahrenheit, you need the following assembly requirements. It's not a discretionary item. That's what Bill Hamer is going to do when we go through the building permit process, is depending on the occupancy, whether it's a classroom or a toilet room, you just have to do that. I'm and I'm not trying to avoid the issue. It's I did not view that as a design review issue. I viewed that as a what the conditions of approval say you shall get a building permit and that's incumbent in the process of getting a building permit. Converting it from an industrial warehouse to a habitable space. Is that is that your yeah, question? No,
0: it is it is, but I, I I have I have some experience converting metal buildings like this and I just found them exceedingly difficult. They are challenging. To deal with the details because they're just Leaky buildings they are challenging. they're not designed to be they 're designed to be warehouses yeah. and garages and i 'm just trying to get a sense if all those details
10: are being considered or not yeah. with the, the assembly hall is the biggest challenge because it 's a large volume with the exception of the assembly hall all the other spaces we 're essentially building a building inside a building the offices, the toilet rooms you know the the little ministry classrooms those are the easiest way to do is build a building inside a building the assembly hall. It's probably going to be a combination of a building inside a building and a combination of where can we take the assembly and call it reasonably stable, non-leaky, and just insulate it, put a vapor barrier in, and skin it versus fur it out. And those issues haven't fully been worked out.
0: But and, it, and it sounds like the you're running the, the walls up and adding insulation there, but the, the roof? Well, they're going to have to
10: do something on the roof because the roof right now is a metal building with an r one mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah. And that, that's not going to meet the California Energy Code. There's no way. So what the solution is, I don't know yet, but there's going to be a solution. Okay. Does, that, does that answer the question? Any other questions? No so question of staff. Uh, okay.
3: <coughs> so based on this questioning about the how to convert this building, this metal building, from a garage to a, a facility that is comfortable for people to go into and, and worship. If those, if those aspects of the conversion aren't before us tonight, I'm wondering, are we going to see that at some future date? Or should all of these details have been de- de- determined and presented tonight?
6: Uh, well this is a site, site plan and architectural review where we're looking at the exterior of the building. So the, the modifications as I understand them and as I think I've heard them described are happening on the inside. Mm-hmm. They have provided for um, large areas that are screened to accommodate additional um, HVAC kinds of equipment.
3: Well I remember in Spark hearings in the past we've had interior um, Elements also put forth before us for consideration, and the most recent one was the um, furniture store What's that? on the corner of um, Kentucky. The, the mattress Curtis building. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So we're not seeing any of that here tonight, and I'm just wondering if this, if we're seeing this prematurely, if, if not everything is in place that needs to be in place. For, uh, for it's us in too.
6: place at the planning level. This is this is a um, a planning level application. So those further details are for the building permit, which is the next step.
5: And, Madam Chair, if I may, we also um, are putting somewhat faith that the applicant has done enough of their due diligence that nothing they're going to be doing on the inside that they've planned the outside. Changes to work with what will happen inside. Mm -hmm. So it could come back before you, let's say if they went to do the inside and they couldn't do it without changing the way the outside looks, then it might come back before you. But through the process they've been going through, the due diligence they've done, (coughs) we're at a point where things should not be changing on the exterior as they drill down. Most projects don't want to get into kind of construction-level drawings until they get through this process. So it's that balance between doing enough that you know you've planned for it, but not doing so much that should this board have changes to the exterior that they have to go back and redo well, their I've construction Well, I've drawings. seen
3: it in the past where we have had all of that information to be able to <coughs> make a, a, you know, a reasonably intelligent decision about the project that's being presented. And I'm comfortable with that. I see that there's a lot of work that's gone into this up to this point, but we know that there are other pieces that <laughs> are not p- part of what we're seeing. This mm-hmm. puzzle isn't complete right now. It's still being uh, fleshed out how things are going to be done in there.
5: On and the interior. On the interior.
3: Right. right. Yeah, so. And
5: so the purview of site plan and architectural review is on the exterior. Usually you get floor plans and stuff so you can understand how things are changing on the inside. But it is not a requirement. Well
3: the energy conservation aspects of it would not be part of this presentation then?
5: Not necessarily. They will be required to meet all building code standards when they submit their construction level drawings.
3: Thank you.
2: Are there any other questions? I have a question for a landscape architect, and I don't know if, um, if you had also a presentation or some um, points you wanted to make, but we'd be open to hearing those before my question if you'd like. Okay.
11: Well, I'm Stephanie McAllister, and I'm the landscape architect on the project. And I'll just give you a quick overview of how we approached the site landscape. Um, And it is a really pretty simple plan, Um, really as as Steve Unreisold was describing. um, We're really looking at at the landscape as being sort of a, uh, well in some sense, a scrim to the building facades and to soften uh, the building environment and bring down the scale of the building um, a bit to the the human scale. Um, You'll notice that the plant palette's pretty simple and the idea is to have a really straightforward approach, and that you you make the impact with really simple, basic moves. Um, when we come inside the come into the entry, we use um, one tree to kind of make the entry, as well as come in front of the building and provide that sort of screening to the to the wall, the high wall of that building, um, because of the high the high uh, tension wires there we had to use a small tree that would stay beneath those those wires so um, we're using African sumac there which is an evergreen tree um <clears throat> and then using the crepe uh, myrtle really to to pull out the entry at the the main sanctuary entry on the I guess are we calling that the, the east side of the building now um, and then using a larger canopy tree in a grid pattern throughout the throughout the part the larger parking area um, at the south south side of the building um, it's a smaller parking area um, e- again because we're u- we need to use that African sumac or a smaller scale tree at the entry use that same tree throughout that parking area um, and then the Oh. Okay. <laughs> Where is it? Where's the little really? Oh, okay. Thanks. Okay. So, so that's the the trees. These little strips here are all, and here at the front of the building are all for the uh, stormwater treatment, uh, <clears throat> using um, sort of a. To sort of offset the symmetry of the entry that Steve was describing, there's this a grove of trees here that's sort of completing this side of the building and and um, kind of screening that secondary the end of that secondary uh, stair and really throw the emphasis more to this entry here, which is the the weekday entry, and as I understand it, it's also the entry on sunday for the for the kids so so that this area here would be could function as a drop-off that you could drop your your kids here let's say you're late <laughs> drop the kids here and then go park and, and then you know the adult congregants would come in in here so that little secondary entry was sort of dis, um, designed you know, with a little bit of emphasis there in the paving, using the circle. I mean, I think I, we were trying to hearken, really, to the idea of 360 um, there. And it could function as a little bit of a breakout space for the kids as well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. On the south side of the building here, um, no, I guess we're calling that now
1: west.
11: the west side of the building, <laughs> um, it, that again simple spaces designed mainly for kids to recreate. A, a lawn back here that could be used for running around or small games. Um, a bas- half basketball half court. Um, we're uh, thinking of potentially putting a small taut lot kind of structure there for the preschool kids. And then this area that's kind of residual over here um, perhaps a future picnic area there would be developed. Um, And then these are evergreen trees. Uh, Grevillea robusta, which is a common name is silk oak, um, used to really screen and separate this property from the the property uh, um, that we were discussing earlier here. That same tree is used throughout this end of the parking lot for the same reason, to really provide sort of an evergreen screen uh, between this property and the adjacent uses. I think that's a quick overview.
2: Commissioner
11: Albert,
0: uh, the six trees on the west side, closest to the building, I I didn't recognize the name on those. I, the, These it, uh, the, on the west side.
11: On the bottom of oh, the lawn, Celtis so, sinensis. That's the hackberry. It's a relative of the elm that has not ever been susceptible to. Um, Dutch elm disease, so it's been used a lot in the last couple decades. When elms, before we started developing a more resistant elm,
0: so they're a deciduous tree. They're that deciduous gets quite trees. Tall.
11: It gets quite tall.
0: Okay,
11: um, about 40 feet. Okay, you can see examples of them if you'd like on um, Kentucky Street outside the he- uh, Hotel Padaluma. Oh. So they're used as a street tree in, in some areas of downtown Petaluma. You can see that. Tree? I was just
0: I was more concerned not about the, the look of the tree but the shading they provide for that elevation and some of those windows don't have any kind of awning or
11: right. Well it will get quite so. tall and it's also sort of an umbrella form. Yeah. So it will shade that existing paving that's already existing there right. um, adjacent to the building.
0: Okay, thanks.
2: Commissioner okay. Lice?
3: Uh in terms of the um Area, the total area of the both parcels aggregated. What is what do you um, estimate the proportion of hardscape is
11: uh, going to be? You mean compared to the to the to the planted area?
3: Well, of of all of the area that, that's going to be worked here, I know you have a lot of gravel area. I is mean
11: including parking everything?
3: Yeah. Is there going to be a lot of hardscape put down on that? Somebody mentioned uh, paving.
11: Well, the gravel parking area will remain as it is, so it'll remain a okay. permeable mm-hmm. surface.
3: That's the permeable surface. Yes,
11: the impermeable imperme- surface is this parking lot here. It'll be designed as impermeable. Uh-huh. A lot of this, this paving here, it, it is existing already. It's, it is an existing paving. Th- this, it's existing, this, okay. This is existing here
3: mm-hmm.
11: and here. And then this area that I've shown the gridded pattern, that's new, new, uh, new uh, hardscape.
3: That's hardscape, is it permeable?
11: No, that would be concrete to it, address our um, accessible entry here requirements. These are accessible spaces. So um, this way we have an accessible entry to the front of the building as well as the business entry. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: Any other questions? I have a question. Yes. Um, I'm just curious about the approach in the asphalt parking lot there's only a few trees there and I'm just was kind of thinking back to the most recent project this Commission reviewed which is you know Regency which is pretty close and I was thinking of that kind of how we space trees and it looks a lot more like the gravel lot and I wasn't sure if there was some constraint there I know you've got the retention areas That's and you right. do have trees on the end but that is south-ish facing and it seems like it also has a potential to get pretty hot so I'm wondering if there is a constraint there um, besides space for um, additional trees in that lot?
11: Well, um, we we have, we do have, you know, it is sort of more minimal than this this side, that's true. And we did need to go for the smaller stature tree, so part of what I think you're reading on the plan is the fact that the actual canopies are shown smaller, which indeed they will be smaller. um, Because we have these wires that extend through here. That we're constrained by. P G won't let us plant larger trees under there. Um and I basically I matched them on this side with the same species th- for continuity purposes. Um we aren't putting trees in these islands. They are the stormwater treatment areas um, that are required. So that is somewhat of a constraint. Um we could plant a tree in there. The other aspect that the Uh, uh, was reviewed here is we would like some visual access from the street into this facade. Um, That is the main sort of um, calling card really for this project is, is the way that this facade has been developed. So there was some discussion about trying to leave this a little open through here so that it's actually visible from the street.
2: Okay. Thank you. That's it. Okay, are we ready for a public hearing? I'll open it up. Are, is there, if there's any speakers tonight um, for this project, if you could fill out a speaker card, they're on the back table, but we can start with the first person if there's someone here to speak tonight. Okay, I'm going to open it up and then I'm going to close the public hearing. Okay, we will move on to the discussion. So, is there anybody that'd like to start with their comments?
3: I had another question oh, okay. of staff. <coughs> Tiffany. The, um, the access easement that's identified on page 5 of the task staff report, it says the eastern edge of 901 Lindbergh. And I think the eastern edge of 901 Lindbergh is the boundary up at the top of the second parcel. Would that be right? Right. There. So
6: this is the Gustafsson easement here.
3: Is that the easement that's being referred to in in here for access I think so. to Gustafsson? So let me check. Because page five. I think on the map it showed it being the eastern <laughs> edge of the smaller parcel.
6: Uh, which part of page five are you at? The top there, the first. Paragraph about the Gustafson access.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking on C1 and it identifies uh, an existing easement E1 okay. in the designations as the private right of way for 212. Um.
6: Right. That's the so on this sheet that you were looking at that I've now flipped away from. That's the existing Gustafson easement that is, as you were talking about, Mm -hmm. right here next Mm -hmm. to the building.
3: That goes to the Gustafson property.
6: Right. So he wanted to be separated out, um, isolated, if you will, out of the church operations, as I understand it. And so this is the, um, back here is where his easement is being moved to so that he can have independent access.
3: Okay, let, let me, let me, because I'm not sure we're clear on, we might be saying the same thing but different ways. So what I'm saying is the way this reads is an existing access easement runs along the eastern edge of 901 Lindbergh Lane providing the only access from Lindbergh Lane to the Gustafson <coughs> residential property behind 879 Lindbergh. So that easement, as I read it on the, on the, um, Page C1 is the one between the two properties. Is that yes, correct? Yes, the
6: existing one is between the two. And that addresses. boundary,
3: that, that easement referring to the eastern edge of 901, would then be in conflict because that eastern edge is, that actually this is the western edge of 901 and the eastern edge of 879.
6: I think Am on I this first line it should say eight seventy nine rather than nine oh one. Or or it could say okay. western, yes. Okay, just just wanted so the to easement make sure it was in the middle and is now going to the eastern edge.
3: Okay. So the eastern edge of eight seventy nine Lindbergh is the existing easement and it's going to be going to the eastern edge of nine oh one.
6: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Okay. Thank you.
2: Any other questions before we begin our discussion?
3: Uh, do you know if the, Do you know if the ex- all the gravel that's been put on this parcel was was done with permitted for grading? I just want
12: to make one. Yeah, yeah. Steve Lafranc, I just want to make one clarification. the The relocated easement is along through here this is this portion this is the eastern the existing eastern edge right now, mm-hmm. but this is that portion of property that is uh, going to be the adjustment with lace house linen. This will be the edge once that takes place. This is where the proposed easement is going to go okay oh
3: yeah I'm glad okay, so because
12: I know earlier there was some pointing on c one that was up along here, and that's that's not the case it's really. Right in
3: through here okay, so does that mean that that that, that small strip is the land area that 's in um, in discussion with regard to who 's going to own title to it correct with be- either being the church or could still
12: be a- the church, but uh, you know it all it, it seems like that 's going to move forward, and this will be a lot line adjustment this portion of uh, of the property the 360 property will be merged with uh, and if that it.
3: if that doesn't play out that way how will the parking uh, numbers support the growth uh, potential and projections of the church
12: well if if there was additional buildings is what would require additional parking which is you know not on the table now if if for some reason um that didn't happen and the church was to come back and utilize in here they they would have to uh, accommodate any new structures with the with parking.
3: I thought that the the um, the community that's going to be attending this church is in somewhere projected to be in the area of seven hundred and something people. Is that right? Eight hundred and something. That's what this project is. Yeah. And so the parking, the way it's depicted here, is sufficient for that. Correct. Without the additional. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you.
2: okay I think we're ready for some comments so we'll start at the end can, can. <laughs> well we don't have to <laughs> That's okay, okay. Um,
8: I um, I like the I like that you're using uh, an existing building and that you've um, come up with a design that that incorporates the the character of the building and and the character of the neighborhood um, I had, I you know, and I think that's it, actually. I'm going to be brief. <laughs>
7: okay, Commissioner Abercrombie. When I first heard word that that was the building that was going to become the church, I was kind of shocked. But I, I have, I go, my children go to Valley Vista, so you guys have done good work with making that a nice congregation in that facility. So I think this is entirely capable because you've had to do that. And so this is in keeping with the spirit of that, and I commend you for thinking beyond what it is designed to do originally. Because I think it's a creative reuse, and sometimes we really need to think outside an even bigger box than we're used to. And so, um, good job. <laughs> the only concern I had was over signage, and it wasn't about a big cross or anything. Just that it be like you know, complimentary and nice. You know, and that's all. And I know that's probably what you guys want to. Um, just have something that's you know welcoming and I know that's your agenda so that's something that I know I'm particularly sensitive to when I see like you know you're gonna have a lot of big signage in that area so it's not related to you guys and I think it'll be a nice addition to have that kind of use there so I commend it and I'm I'm actually looking forward to this in our area so thank you Mr. (coughs) Elias
3: the um The adaptive reuse I think is is a good thing to do here. I've seen this kind of thing happen in other cities in Sonoma County. I know a couple of these in Santa Rosa and I think Sebastopol has one as well um, so i'm I'm good with that and i think I think a lot of effort's been put into how to make this property and the adjacent property work for it. I think what the what the church will be doing for the community will be beneficial. I think you're putting forward with um, with good efforts and sincerity. I like I like how the building looks in the drawings. Um, I would have liked to have seen more detail about what's going to happen in the interior. Uh, that's your business. It'll be taken up by the build, building department, and you'll have to, you know, deal with it there. Maybe we'll see that. I don't know, but I'm sure it'll be done correctly, and I'm sure the building will be made comfortable for uh, for the people who are going to be attending there. I think the events that you're planning to have at this are are, are all the kinds of events that every community needs, and I, I support the uh, the project as it's. Um, being presented.
2: Commissioner Harris?
4: Uh, echoing the sentiments, I, I really appreciate the reuse of that uh, space that you're doing, and I, I like the fact that it's, it's it's actually bringing a mixed use in that area, and I like that, and I like what you stand for, and, and proceed with confidence. Thank you. Commissioner Johnson?
1: Wow. Well, it sounds really good to me. Um, Far be it with my status in life to question a higher power, I assure you, but um, the, I do have some questions, and, and it's more not the aesthetics. I think you've done an amazing job with the outside of the building, um, kind of echoing what Commissioner Wolpert say. and I'm always a little confused as to what our purview is as it pertains to the interior of buildings, but it does bring up an interesting point. There still were quite a few what-ifs in the discussion and for instance, you know, I respect Dan a great deal, and all I heard was, yeah, we can probably work it out. Well, that and a subway token used to get me on a subway in New York, but that was about all it did. I I don't like indecisiveness, and I can't imagine, to your point, um, well, there are money issues, because you literally did an amazing job to get where you are, but if it suddenly were to stop, what we've got is about what we had, you know, a building that wasn't exactly a, a tremendous beauty to the neighborhood. However, again, and I'm half joking on the higher power thing. You've got a tremendous sense of energy in what you've done with Harvest Christian and all that. Who's who am I to say that it won't be done? Um, unlike a lot of people in this city, I think John Borella is very reasonable, and I think everything will work out. So, I like it. I like the aesthetics of it. Um, I don't worry as much about the sliding doors, whatever you call them, because you are going to block them off to everybody inside. So once I'm in the door, I'm in the church. What was when I drove up is sort of immaterial. So I do see quite a bit of traffic on Lindbergh Lane at about 10 o'clock Sunday morning, but I don't know that that interferes with anything to speak of if you're building up to 754 seats, and let's say the average car is two, 300 cars are going to suddenly hit that area. Some of the people over there live near, maybe they can say, that's no big deal, it's not like a Regency. So um, and I, I really do like it, and I wish you obviously the best of luck in all you do. And I hope that we do get to see what you did in the interior at some point. Um, if you have any questions, love you to come back. But again, well done. Well done with what you had. I loved your four challenges. They must have they must have seemed daunting. Thank you.
0: Well, I think that a lot of um good effort has been put into this project. I I'm I'm pleased the way the landscaping and the site planning and, and the, um, the surface surfaces as much as possible have left um, unpaved so that they can be um, pervious surfaces. But I don't, I just have a problem trying to fit this use, into this, not this use, but this this function into this building. Just because it can be done doesn't mean that it should be done. And, and I don't know that this building could ever be anything but a compromise for the purpose that it's supposed to serve. Um, I think that the staff report is a little bit confusing. Um, in talking about the appropriateness um, for this um, becoming a church and then because it fits the industrial uh, neighborhood and then how the proposed changes soften it because it needs to be softened. Well, it doesn't need to be softened if it was an industrial building. It needs to be softened because now it's not an industrial building. So I I think it's... um, it's a huge challenge I, I think we're trying to solve something that that um, can only be solved part way and i i think it will remain kind of unresolved and i think in the end that it's it's going to look unresolved kind of um, kind of like a church in an industrial zone and um, again it's it can be done but I hate to see it done that way. So, those are my comments.
2: Okay? Um I just have a few comments. I think I would echo m- most of people, I'm like actually everybody on the commission. I agree it's kind of it's funky. But, you know, maybe that that'll work out, you know, but I but I do appreciate the effort and I think it's actually really cool that you're able to get this far with this kind of building. Um <clears throat> my only real concern was really related to the plantings in that asphalt parking lot i understand the reason now so i appreciate the explanation but i'm still struggling with whether or not we should be thinking about that i mean that's a lot you know not as much pavement as we've seen here recently but it's still a chunk of pavement and you've got sun in that direction and you just might want to think about is there a way to maintain the visually, you know, the visual entrance at the same time as, you know, making sure that you're not just cooking out there. Um, And then the only other comment I have is really for staff, and I know we've talked about it, but I want to make it official that as reported in the staff report, the IZO is inconsistent with federal law relative to church zoning for Petaluma, so I just want to put on the record that we need to address that at some point. Um, And those are really... I mean that's really just my main comment is just regarding the trees so commissioner Abercrombie
7: I just wanted to say that I do understand the concerns about energy efficiency like I thought some more thing but I feel like we're kind of looking at a thing where there's the economics of it and how much is abil- a- available on the market right now there I mean I know there's a church for sale on on Webster but it's you know it's it's not ideal either in a lot of ways probably needs and, the same amount of work yeah and so I know that there's somewhere a balance between what's efficient and what's affordable, and um, and that's a hard compromise, but it seems like this is a congregation that's committed to making that, whether it's there or not. So that's where there's a will. I think a lot of times there's a way, and I'd like to comment to traffic. When I thought about the traffic on Lindbergh, um, it seems like we're mainly gonna have industri- or the delivery uses through Lindbergh for the Regency site, and so that'll be not taking place on Sundays or Saturdays, most likely. And also a lot of the industrial uses aren't necessarily taking place during those kind of time frames either. So in my point of view, being in that area all the time on Payran and Lindbergh, I don't see it. It's in off times completely, so it doesn't bother me at all. And I also see that there's also a much more convenient crosstown connector of Caulfield. So there's other points of access that you wouldn't necessarily have at other sites. You know, you figure their congregation... Is probably coming from both sides of town, and as opposed to going all the way on the other side, where you have probably much more increased traffic on East Washington and Lakeville, you're going to see it move pretty much more directly and from both sides of town. So, it, from my point of view, living there, that's the plus. Like I think that that's that's not distressing streets that are already in extreme distress. So, thank you, Commissioner. <coughs> no.
3: No. Oh, okay. I was going to make a motion.
7: Oh, okay. Well. <laughs>
2: Go ahead. You ready for one? I am. Yeah. Not well, i us make say. a
3: motion to approve the project as proposed.
2: Second. Okay. Um, do you want to just clarify the, the memo? Okay. With, you mean, no. Can you want to rephrase it with make acknowledging this uh, modification to condition 22?
3: And can you cite that again, please?
2: The uh, modification, just...
3: Appro- oh, with the yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. So that motion um, includes the recommended replacing of um, item twenty-two of the public works condition number twenty-two to restate uh, it as it's proposed on the um, January eighth memorandum from the planning to the planning commission from uh, staff. Second.
2: Okay. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Nay. Okay. That's it. So our next item is adjourned. I have a motion for that? Okay. A second? <laughs> all those in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. Yeah.